You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. All right, it's uh, Tuesday night. Uh, I'm here with Jim Johnson. Hey everyone. And Lewis Ergon. Hello everyone. Guys, what do you think of all the free agents we signed the past couple of days? Can you? Did you ever think that we would sign this many people? Absolutely not. That, uh, you know, I knew we would be active, but I mean, we've we've agreed to terms with eight different free agents in basically 36 hours. That's uh, that's a crazy amount of guys to uh, bring into the team in that short a time. Who are you excited about, Lou? <laughs> I, I'm excited about football in yeah. general. I, yeah. I love the fact that they're being aggressive. Now, you know, we've got a long way to go before we actually see these guys playing some football, but the fact that they're trying to fill holes on this football team through free agency, I mean, it just tells you what their thought process is, that they feel that they're going to be able to compete. And we talked about this during the season or near the end of last season, um, that they truly feel that they can be competitive and possibly play for a wild card position or maybe even the division. And the fact that they're doing what they're doing and they're trying to upgrade all these positions, you know, tells you that it's, it's that simple. I mean, we're, we're in a situation now where if we go out and we have a decent draft, I mean, we're going to have a major turnover in regard to personnel on the field. And uh, the guys that they've signed are upgrades all over the place. Um, so it's hard not to be excited about what they're doing. I mean, we, how many more free agents have we signed than any other team in the NFL right now? I think the most any other team has signed is three, and we're up to eight, you said, Jim? Yep. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. I yeah, mean, we're, like, we're like double everybody else. Right. It's nothing I expected. I mean, Mike, me and you talked to, you know, during during the last few days uh, quite a few times. I don't think anybody expected them to go hog wild the way they have. You know, I didn't see any activity on the page that would make me think anybody else thought so either. You know, and to to sign the caliber of players that they're signing, I mean, Byron Jones in, in the secondary and Kyle Van Noy, you know, he's going to be a starting linebacker for us, I'm sure. Right. Uh, so, you know, and, and they got a guard, Eric Flowers. Now, he may not be the best player in the world, but he's not bad. He's better than what we have on the roster now. He's an yeah. upgrade. He's an upgrade. He was a damn, pretty pretty damn good guard last year, so yeah. uh, that's something we'd be glad to have on the team. Yeah, and Shaq Lawson's an ascending player, so, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm pretty excited about what they've done, you know. Uh, they've upgraded the special teams with Fejlahem. Uh, and he also, I guess, plays some safety, uh, you know, yep. so we, we can use some depth there. So, you know, there's nothing not to like, really, you know. I mean, they didn't go out and, and get, you know, maybe a tackle that we would have liked, you know, uh, Conklin or somebody like that. But I'm pretty happy with what they've done. I mean, you, you can't sign everybody, unfortunately, but they, they've tried. Boy, they, they signed a bunch. They can't. They didn't sign everybody, like you said, but they, they signed a whole herd of them. And... You know, like we've talked about in the past, we thought they might go for the Kyle Van Noy, you know, go for one big ticket item. But that Byron Jones deal, that was that was shocking to me. I never expected them to pull that when, you know, they've got Xavier Howard on the roster that's already a big time cornerback. Well, that's, that's the mystery right there is yeah. how it stay on the roster. And, yeah, I, I got a feeling he's, he's partway out the door. But, I mean, all of these guys that, that we're talking about now, they're all – 25 or 26 with the exception of byron jones is 27 and van noy is 28 all of these guys are are either ascending or in the prime of their careers well so, they're, the, they're, the, they're the age that we said they should target bingo. we all said you get guys going into their second contract and these right. guys are all that and uh, you you bring them in they've already been exposed to the game they know exactly what the expectations are Yep. You know, and, and now you can coach them and you, you can make them better and, and they're moldable. Uh, so, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, Van Noy is what he is. Uh, Byron Jones is what he is. But a kid like Lawson, if he gets some good coaching, 
you know, he could develop into a better player than he's been. Yeah, the, the corner, getting back to your question, Mike, because I don't think I ever answered it. I mean, the cornerback Jones is the guy that I'm most excited about because if, in fact, Xavier, Xavier Howard does come back, you've probably got the best tandem of cornerbacks in the league going in the next season. And, and that's something to be really excited about. Uh, you know, Needham goes maybe over to the nickel. He plays the slot guys or whatever the case may be. And you've got a very, very solid group of cornerbacks right there as far as I'm concerned. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe the best tandem in regard to the starting two cornerbacks in the league. So that's the, that's, that's the move I'm most excited about. And well, as Jim pointed out. If you take that a step further, Lou, your, your two safeties are both cornerbacks in McCain and uh, Rowe. Yep. And they both – played pretty well. I know that the coaching staff was very excited about the play that they had out of both of them, especially Rowe late in the year. Yeah, my concern with McCain is his size. I think uh, he gets uh, the wrong end of the physical deal sometimes. Small guy, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And and if you take those those cornerbacks one step further, we added three edge guys as well in Van Noy, Agba, and uh, Lawson. So they're going to be pressuring the quarterback sooner, and the cornerbacks are going to be tying up the receivers. So these are these are things going in the right direction. I think they were what they were looking for. Jim was versatility because I really believe they want to move people around, and that includes Jones. You know, Mm -hmm. he he can move to safety. There's some things that they can do with him. Uh, He was originally a safety when he came in. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, they've got options. Uh, Van Noy in New England's defense was a a versatile player. He moved around, and I'm sure, you know, uh, Flores wants to do the same thing here. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how they put it all together and, and, you know, where they go in the draft to help further supplement the defense. Yeah, that's the thing. We've we've signed six of these guys are on the defensive side of the ball, so that that may shift uh, more attention in the draft to the to the offensive side. Fourteen draft picks on top of all of this. I mean, guys, it, it you know it, it it's a it's a good time to be a Miami Dolphin fan. It's as simple as that. I mean, when 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 we go into this draft this year, the fact that we've plugged a lot of these holes already. Uh, you can go out and you have all the versatility in the world. I mean, you can basically draft anywhere you want at this point. You could take the best guy on the board. I mean, obviously, we need a quarterback. We need a young quarterback. You know, we need pay, tackles. We, pay, yeah, yeah, we need tackles. Absolutely. Past that and a running back, I would and say. A we, de- we definitely want a running back and we do want a center. But past that, there, there's not a lot at this point. You're, you're adding depth. I mean, on the offensive side, we we have to get players in there. I mean, you know, Fitzpatrick's going to be under contract this year. Rosen is as, Rosen is as well. And you're going to have a situation where you have an opportunity. And I guess we'll talk about this at some point. But you've got a guy like Winston probably available. Now, I don't know how you guys feel about him possibly being brought in here. But he's another guy that falls into that. That young age type of thing. Is this guy going to get better as an NFL quarterback? Or is he going to just be what he is at this point? Uh, He's an intriguing guy to me. And it's something that I think they should possibly explore. Well, the problem with Jameis is if you bring him in, there goes whatever money you have left. Right. Yeah, it's going to blow that cap up. Yeah, I I don't think it would be feasible for them. But at this point, Mike... What are we doing otherwise in regard to free well, agents? Well, you've got to sign your rookie class. Right. Uh, they need about $18 million for that. They need about uh, roughly $12 million to get through the season because of injuries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So um, what does that leave us? Not not a lot. I, I heard this morning we, we had like $56 million. I don't know exactly what came off of that today. Uh, so say say roughly they have forty million, and I just mentioned uh, what thirty million, uh, 30, about thirty million. million. So they got about ten million. You know, I and I guess they they could do it. You know, if if they did a backloaded deal, which we really don't want them doing. Uh, you know, if they wanted to, but you know, is that what they should do? I wouldn't think so. Well, it's interesting. That's all I can tell you. I mean, he's an intriguing quarterback. Out of the guys that are still out there, he he does interest me. Um, you know, I know he's been very, very inconsistent through his career, but, uh, he's still a young guy. Yeah. You know, it seems like he's been around forever, doesn't it? It does. It does. So 
I mean, yeah, he, but he's I just gonna, don't think the money works. That's all yeah. I'm saying. I don't like the money end of it, and I don't like the ball control end of it with him. So I, I would uh, shy away from that deal. Well, what we learned last year <laughs> from the whole <laughs> Fitzpatrick situation is the fact that you know under under certain coaches, maybe you you know you get yourself a little bit more disciplined than what you were through your career because Fitzpatrick definitely did it last year. So, you know, with a younger guy, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm not saying they should go out and do it. I'm just saying he is an intriguing guy and he does have games under his belt. And we don't know how this draft is going to unfold because, I mean, think about it. At this point, Brady's gone from New England. So New England's now going to be looking for a quarterback. There are going to be teams, San Diego's another one, there are going to be teams that are going to be looking for quarterbacks and they're going to be looking to move up. So, you know, we've got to look at every possible option because the guys that that we may want may not be there by the time we draft at number five. So it's, it's, it's just something to think about. That's all. I mean, there's nobody else I would even consider. Well, it may be a fallback option. You yeah, know, if, exactly. If, if it doesn't work in the draft, uh, yep. if things don't break their way. Exactly. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, definite plan B and C will be on the table if if we don't get the guy we want. So, Mike, who's your favorite uh, agreement so far? Is it Van Noy? Do you like Byron Jones? Is it Shaq Lawson? Uh, who are you who are you feeling the the happiest about? Eric Flowers because he's going to block. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll give the quarterback some time to think, huh? <laughs> You know, I mean, that's where it starts, guys. You know, we can get excited about everybody else, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to see that offensive line fixed and put to rest. You know, we've been talking about it for since, you know, Sperano was the coach. <laughs> it's time to fix it. Well, oh, we're one-fifth of the way there, Mike. What, I know. We're, <laughs> we're making progress, right? Yeah, right. We're, we're on the way. We took one step. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, you know, I was talking today. They, they can move Dieter to center if they really wanted to. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they have options. Uh, obviously, Davis is still going to have a spot somewhere on the line. So let's say they're three-fifths of the way there, or, or at least two-fifths of the way there. Yeah, I'd, I'd sway towards two-fifths of the way there. I know you like, do, but you're not, not going to fix everybody this yeah. year. So no. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, they might. And we they, just may not like it. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you know, the, the fact that they've concentrated solely on the defense. Tells you what they're doing in the draft. Tell, tells you what they're going to probably do come draft. I mean, the draft is supposedly loaded with a lot of good offensive linemen. So we'll see. I mean, yeah. it, it's th- this is this is a fun, fun time of the year. It really is. I mean, we're getting close to the draft, and this whole free agency thing is just, you know, it, it's a lot of fun when you're active and you have the ability to go out and do this. I mean, look at the Jets. You know, the Jets, have they made any moves? Have they signed one free agent at this point? I think th- – Go ahead. I, think they, I know yesterday they had a horrible day. I guess everybody they tried to sign they missed on, but right. uh, you know there's reasons for that, and we all know the reasons. Yeah, we know we know exactly the the main reason. Yeah, <laughs> you know so, you you can't be cutting half your players and expect players to want to come and play for you. Exactly, and and word gets around the league. I mean, I know these players talk among of themselves. Course. They're all buddies now. You know, they've all played with one, you know, one or another at some point during their career. They're all swapping jerseys. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, so word gets around. And I I think that, uh, you know, that definitely is deterring people from from signing over there. But, you know, if you look in our division, I mean, Buffalo obviously has some positives. I mean, what they did with picking up Diggs is is a major. I mean, Mike, me and you talked about that as well. The fact that. If they don't go out and get a receiver, then that that team's doing themselves an injustice because they needed a true number one. And now with him and Brown on the outside, I mean, Buffalo's definitely going to be a very, very solid offense. But past them, you know, in our division, I mean, the Jets aren't a major concern to me at this point. And New England, you know, the fact that Brady's gone and Van Noy's now playing for us, I mean, they're losing basically their defensive quarterback. And their they offensive lost, quarterback. So they lost Jamie Collins as well. Yes, exactly. So uh, you know they're they're taking it. They took a step backwards last year, and I think they're going to take a couple more steps backwards this year. So oh, that doesn't that depend on who they find a quarterback? Uh, yeah, it does. You know that that's that's an interesting place as well because Belichick. One thing about him, 
And, and we're going to find out a lot about that whole argument in regard to who made who. Right. You know, once Brady, Brady moves on. Brady-Belichick argument. Uh-huh. Right, the Brady. But now, if Belichick turns this team around without Brady and has them competing and playing good football, you know, then, I mean, that, that's the way I always felt. I always felt that a lot of it had to do more so with Belichick than it did Brady. Brady does a great job. Um, I don't want to talk too much about New England, but he does a great job at executing everything that's thrown at him. But the game plans week to week, you know, the changing of the game plans. I mean, that that's all coaching. Uh, well, well, you know, was it was it was it Greasy or was it Chula? Was it Marino or was it Chula? I mean, you, you can make these arguments for anybody. Uh, it's, and it's always tough to say, you know, would Shula be the all-time winningest coach if he didn't have those two quarterbacks? You know? I, I think that Shula would have won with anybody, Mike. He proved it when he had with Woodley. Woodley when, he had, when he had Woodley there. Yeah. There was still a very competitive football team. So. Yeah, but the offense was terrible. They were winning on defense. Agreed? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, but, but Mike, that was – he worked with what he had. And, yeah. and no regardless doubt. of the regardless of the circumstance, he still had them winning. They, they had winning division. They were winning divisions. They were winning football games consistently. And they were playing fun football. I mean, we had right. a good time in those seasons. I mean, we really did. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the good times are about to come back. Let's hope, so, hope so, guys. Yeah. You know, it, listen, it, guys, we we could honestly be sitting here, and I mean, I know it's an abundance of signings, but now the situation has to develop. The players have to show us that these moves were smart decisions. Now, the money... I know you guys probably feel the same way. The money feels right on most of these guys. I mean, the cornerback, he was going to command a lot of money one way or another. I love the fact that they did that. I don't have a problem with the money. Well, I love the way they did it. I don't like what they spent, but I love the way they spent it, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. It's all front-loaded. Yes. So it's not going to hurt them later on like Sue did. Yeah. Right. Two two years later, we're, we're not over a barrel with it. Right. Right. And that, to me, is key because they have the money to spend now. They're not hurting themselves. Mm-hmm. And if it, do- if it doesn't work, they can still turn it around in a couple of years' time when we're, we're just putting pieces together as well. Well, if it doesn't so- work, two years go by. Yep. And no dead money, or not a lot of dead money anyway. Right. right. Now, now, some of the other guys, you know, talking about them, I mean, they're, they're projects to an extent, but they've got games behind them. They're experienced football players, and they all came at a decent price. So, you know, it, it's hard to not be excited about, you know, what they have done. You know, I think that Van Noy, I mean, if you were to tell me that we were going to land him in the corner, you know, I would have laughed. I would have right. said, I, I don't see it happening. And what you if know? I said Shaq Lawson as well? Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. I mean, it's you know, Shaq Lawson. You could say okay, because we're desperate for defensive ends, Mike. I I could have, I would have. I, I'm more ex- accepting of that situation than uh-huh. I am, or you know, uh, I'm not using the proper word here, but I'm not as as um, surprised surprised about that move as I was the corner. And Vanoy, those two were very surprising signings to me. I'm very excited about both of them. Well, when we've been talking about all these potential signings, you know, and we talked about Shaq Lawson and we talked about Eric Flowers and and Emmanuel Ogba, these are second tier players, really. So when you look at, you know, what defensive ends get paid, you know, we got Lawson and Ogba for uh, 10 million for Lawson a year, and Ogba's uh, about seven and a half million or so a year. Those are basically bargain prices for quality yes, defensive they, yes, ends. They are. Exactly. So, so those are the kind of signings we expected to see. And Eric Flowers, the same deal. He's, a, he's a three years, 30 million. So it's about 10 right. million a season. Right. You know, that's another, you know, second tier signing. You know, the most of, you know, the 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 top guards are getting 12 to 14 or 15 million. So those signings are what we expected, but the Vanoy and and the Byron Jones, that that blew me away. Those are, you know, 16 and a half million per for Joint uh Jones and uh Vanoy is uh, about 13 almost 13 million a year. So 
Those two well, were like Lou said earlier, Jim, they're all upgrades. Every one of oh, them upgrades oh. over what we have now. They may not be, you know, Pro Bowl players, but they're all upgrades. Yeah. Oh, I'm I, I don't have a problem with any of the guys they brought in. I'm I'm happy they're team players. They're 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 guys that we're not seeing in the you know, with, with police issues, they're not uh, head cases, and uh, a lot of them are team leaders and, and team captain type guys. So uh, I'm ecstatic about the type of players that they've brought in. Yeah, they're all, they're all pieces to the puzzle, and, and they're, they're interesting pieces to the puzzle. We have to now, and we have to do this. I mean, you know, I, I've said it, I've preached this, I've talked about it week in and week out. We now have to go, in, go out through this draft and get playmakers. It's that simple. We we have to do it. We have to get either a quarterback that can just make plays or a running back. We have to get a guy that will make plays for you and turn games around because they're they're putting certain pieces here and there that are that are making us a better football team, but to get us to that playoff level that some of these other teams are at, we have to get some playmakers on both sides of the football. Yeah, and they've done a little bit of that on the defense with Van Noy so. and Jones. You know, they, they addressed all three levels of the defense, and I think that's critical. Absolutely, there's no question about it. And you know, in today's NFL, guys, an average defense can win you a lot of football games. Um, you know, but we have to get a little bit. We have to get a player or two on that offensive side of the football to complement what we already have, and that will put us over the top on the offensive side. And um, you know, whether it be a running back a dynamic running back and and a quarterback. I mean, I love Fitzpatrick, but is he a guy that's really going to take us over the top and win us playoff games? I you know, I, I just don't know. Yeah, no, no. you know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what you're trying to say is is we need some game breakers. You know, we need Xavier uh, Howard to have his breakout interception year and and stuff like that. Those interceptions, those touchdown passes, the the fumbles, you know, all of that. Well, the first thing Howard has to do is stay healthy. Exactly. Yeah. But what I'm saying is we need people to change momentum and make plays. That's what, you know, playmakers like what Lou was talking about. And the guys we've signed, you know, even Byron Jones, he doesn't have many interceptions. He's a, he's an outstanding corner, but not a lot of picks. That's what everybody wants to see. But like you say, Lou, yeah, we've got to supplement the, our, the team now with some, some quality draft picks for sure. Absolutely. And, it, and we're capable of doing it. You know, with with the amount of draft picks we have in the first three rounds, you know, guys like Drake and look at where he's at right now. He got franchised. I mean, I'm just using him as an example. But we all we all know you like Drake, so it's okay, Lou. I don't like Drake, Jim. I love Drake. (laughs) I love I love Kenya Drake. But that's you know, I'm using him as an example. But the thing is, is that it doesn't necessarily. What I'm saying is, it doesn't necessarily have to come out of the first round. You've got two second round picks and you've got a third round pick and you can get some playmakers up and down. I mean, wide receiver, there's a good amount of wide receivers coming out of this draft as well. And I know it's not a need per se on this football team, but hell, why not? You know, if there's a guy sitting there in the third round, that's just a beast, bring him in. You know, I mean, there's, you know, we've got, you know, the the one position, guys, that we can sit there. I mean, and think about this for a minute. We can sit there and say, okay, well, what's the strongest position on our football team as far as depth is concerned? And we probably all sway towards before this. I'm talking about before this free agency stuff came receiver. in. Okay. We would all say receiver. But throw in all of these factors, you know, Grant's coming off an injury. Wilson kind of showed a little bit of what he's capable of doing late in the year. Preston Williams is coming back from an injury. So there's a lot of question marks there. I mean, we may think that we're stable and we're very, very good at that position. Absolutely. And and it's not, you know, we're not set in stone there. So if they think we might be just a little better than we are. Yeah, right. and and Parker's only had one good year under his belt. So if he should get another injury, boy, we're we're in a world of hurt again. Absolutely, and you know, gotta have depth. There's question marks there, and and I mean, the thing is, is that like I said, if there is a guy that's a big play type of receiver there. I mean, now you have a lot of options. You know, with the fact that we've plugged quite a few holes. I mean, hopefully early. 
you know, they we get our quarterback, we get a couple of offensive linemen, preferably a center and a tackle. And I'd be thrilled with that coming out of the first round. And then maybe in the second round, you pick up a young running back, you know, and, and, and then you're addressing your whole offense. So, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what I hope they do. But again, you know, it just falls into place. You know, everything's got to fall into place, you know, depending on what all these other teams decide to do, what we decide to do. If we decide to move up and give up one of our first round draft picks, then that does limit us as to what we, you know, what, what we can plug in on the offensive side. So we shall see. Yes, sir. It's going to be interesting. You know, I I think they could, even if they trade up, let's say they they trade a first round pick this year and and a second round next year or whatever, and they move up a few spots. I think they can work with that. You know, Uh, what you don't want to see them do is give away their whole first round to move up. That would that would probably be suicide. Yeah, with the I, amount of needs that we have, you know, at, at some key positions, namely tackle and uh, you know, obviously running back. Uh, you know, th- this kid that they signed from Philadelphia isn't a bad back, but he's he's not the kind of back that's going to win you ball games. He's consistent, Jordan Howard. Yeah, yeah. right. You definitely need a, a a faster type, you know, Kenyon Drake per se type of guy that can can bust one to the house at any given time and. And that's what, uh, you know, Howard's probably not bringing to the table. I'd but. like a little bigger Kenyon Drake. Yeah, uh, right. a little a little thicker, yep. Guy with a little more power. Right. Yep. Good pass catcher. Yes. Out of the backfield type yes. of guy. Yep. You know, Mike, getting back to, the, you know, the moving up, you know, the question becomes, you know, how much value are they putting on, say, a Tua or whoever they are, in fact, trying to target? I mean – to move up a couple of spots to get this guy, I mean, you know, how how much is it? I mean, how much are you giving away? How much is too much? How much is too much? Exactly to move up a few slots, and I know it. I know they're important slots right now. There's no question about it because there's a lot of teams now that are going to be looking at quarterbacks, and yep. you know, I mean, th- that's what makes this so much fun. Is you know, yeah. we don't know how much value they're putting on a guy like a Tua. If in fact that's the guy they're even wanting. You know, no. you don't you just don't know. I mean, they may want um one of the other guys that are coming out. Herbert or Love or or, or any of them. Exactly. And um it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. There's no question about it because the teams in front of us there's some question marks in regard to which route they're going to go as well. So, yep. you know, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun for sure. But to your point, Lou, you said, you know, how much is too much? Well, we won't really know until the guy's been on the team for a while. If, you know, if if whoever we pick turns into, uh, you know, Drew Brees or, or, you know, you know, a big time quarterback, you forget what you gave up for him. But if it doesn't pan you out. forget real quick. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, if the guy turns into a superstar, you don't care what you paid. But if he turns into another, yeah. Jameis Winston or, or Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill, you know, now, oh my God, you gave up two first round picks to move up two spots. You guys are retarded. You know, it's just, uh, just not going to work. So that's, there's a lot to be, uh, yeah, you've got to be convinced he is yeah. going to be a franchise quarterback. He's going to be somebody who's going to carry your offense and not by himself, but able to do it when he needs to. Yeah, it truly is a crap. I mean, go back a couple of years, guys, and it it really is a crapshoot because if you look at what happened in the Rosen draft with uh, with Darnold and with Allen, yep, and with Jackson Mayfield and Mayfield, and you saw all the positioning and all the craziness that went on in regard to that. Oh, who's better? Who's this? Who's that? I mean, it's somewhat similar to what we're dealing with right now. I mean, they're saying Burroughs is above and beyond the other guys, and Tua is probably right there with him if he's healthy. But you you just don't know. I mean, you know, out of all those guys that got drafted that that year, they were so high on all of them. And right now, as you look at all of them, I mean, who is the best? Uh, you know, in regard to that, I mean, that, Mayfield, that jury's still out. Yeah. The jury's still out. But the point, what I'm what I'm trying to say is, Mike, is that me and you both felt this way too. Is that Mayfield was the better of of all of them? He was the best quarterback out of that whole group, and at this point, he's the worst. So you just don't know. You never know when it comes to these quarterbacks. And I know they're only a couple years into the league, but again, you know, I would say that Darnold 
Allen, Jackson, they're all they're all a little bit better than where Mayfield is right now. And I think Mayfield had a hell of a lot more to work with than most of those other guys. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know? Yeah. So this this year they had a lot of talent in the, uh, for the receivers and and they just didn't they weren't on the same page. They couldn't get it done. Well, what sold me on Mayfield it was his ability to improvise and his his ability to to extend and make plays and you're really not seeing that as much uh, in on the pro level as as you saw from him in college. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, to to my point, you just don't know, guys. I mean, we may wind up picking the fourth quarterback in the draft, and he may wind up being the best out of the whole group. It just, you know, I, I just hope that they don't, you know, like Jim was just saying a little while ago, that they don't overvalue a guy and just pay entirely too much to where it cost us, you know, a lot of other picks that we desperately need. We 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 desperately need him. Well, I mean, let me ask you this, Lou: If you have conviction about Tua, mm-hmm. and you feel like he's going, somebody's going to trade up with Washington, who's sitting in the second slot, and they're going to take him. Mm-hmm. What are you willing to give up if that's your guy, and you believe that's your guy, and you think he's what you're looking for? What are you willing to give up? Hello, everyone. This is Mike from the Fin Fans Podcast, interrupting the show just for a moment. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys a question. Uh, if if I had a group of Dolphin fans uh, that uh, you could join that spent time on social media discussing the team in a, in a friendly, professional manner, uh, is that something that would interest you? If it is, you'll want to come join our group. It's called Miami Dolphins Number 1. Uh, that's hashtag one. And, and not only do you get civil conversation and some great discussion, uh, but there's also contests and uh, games that we play. We have a suicide pool that runs throughout the season. We also have a weekly picks contest that runs throughout the season. There are prizes associated with those. Uh, we have random giveaways and raffles. There, there are prizes associated with those. Uh, we ask you to come check it out. Uh, you can um, sign up for the page between now and uh, April 1st for free just to sample the page. Uh, beginning April 1st, there is going to be uh, changes. will then be a subscription group. It will cost uh, $30 per year to join. Uh, and that will include all the activities that I just mentioned, uh, plus anything else we can come up with. So check it out. Come over there. Mention you're a podcast listener, and I'll make sure you get in uh, without any problems. And uh, we look forward to seeing you. Let's get back to the conversation. Mike, I I honestly, <laughs> he, he doesn't like it. You you've thrown him under the bus, Mike. No, 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 no not at all. No, I, I'm fine. What Jim. I'm asking him is the whole question we started with: What is too much, Mike? Th- this is my stance on it. I- if you have the opportunity to get to a, then you take them. Um, do you do you mortgage the, the you know the, the draft to do it? And and what I mean by mortgage is giving up giving up the other two first round picks, even giving up a, a one this year and a one next year. No, I I feel that by moving up a couple of slots, you maybe you give them that early draft pick and you just switch spots with them and maybe give them a second round pick either this year or next year and call it a day. So you're I, giving them you're giving them eighteen. And a second rounder. And a second rounder. And yeah, that's I, it. And I that, agree with that. And and that's it. Past that, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not giving up a number one next year and a number one this year to move up three slots. If they're not willing, if the team's not willing to do that, then you say, okay, well, you know, we'll take our shot on one of these other guys and call it a day. Because when it's all said and done, and I truly believe this, I think that these guys that are coming out this year, that you're not going to see a ton of separation between them all. You're just not. You're not going to see it. You're going to see guys, including Hebert um, and possibly Love, to where two years down the line, you're going to say, wow, I mean, these guys are all relatively pretty good quarterbacks in the NFL, and not one of them, with the exception of maybe Burroughs, is going to be head and heels above the other guys. And 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 I that includes Tua. I think Tua is going to be a very very good quarterback if he's healthy in the NFL. But you're playing in the NFL now. You're not in college anymore. And he's not an extremely big guy. He does bring a lot to the table. But if history has taught us anything, and you look around the league, it it hasn't mattered. These guys coming out of college just become marginal football players in the NFL. 
So uh, there's a lot of value on quarterback, and there's very few that come along that are a Pat Mahomes type of player. And even the last few years have proven that. So, you know, I, I just don't think you mortgage, you know, your whole philosophy in regard to the position you've now put yourself in on one guy. That's that's my thoughts on it. The other thing is with Washington, I'm not sure they want to cough up Chase Young. And, you know, so if they were to trade with us with a number five pick, chances are Young won't be on the board at number five. So they're going to have to do some moving of their own if that's the guy they wanted. So even though we may want to pick two or whoever at number two, you know, to give up two first rounders, you know, like 18 and 26 would be too much. So, you know, I'm with you guys. If if you if you swap five and two and then the, either the 18 or 26, then that's fine. But more than that, it's uh, a little too pricey unless it's uh, somebody you just can't live without. To me, it's all about conviction. And, you know, exactly. if, if I'm dead set on getting this guy, then I'm going to pay whatever it takes. But I've really got to be convinced that this is the answer, you know, that this guy is guaranteed, not going to flop, no chance. You know, I'm taking him. Right. And how many guys do you feel that way about? You know, there aren't many. None, really. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I think Andrew Luck was that guy. Uh, you know, then there are some here and there. Um, obviously, we didn't really know Mahomes to get that feeling about him. But right. have I seen college tape of him the way that kid plays? How could you not fall in love with him, you know? You know, it's it's just a matter of of that conviction. That's all I gotta say. You know, so what'd you guys think of the uh, CBA deal? Well, I figured it was coming. Did you? Yeah, I figured it 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 had to realistically. But you know, the the extra game uh, as a fan. I mean, how can you not want to watch more football? So I've heard, you know, I've heard Jim. I've heard fans argue against it. They're really? going to get hurt. Uh, They're going to uh, have more injuries. Oh uh, yeah. Well, you know, the whole this this the downside to me. I don't have a problem with the extra game per se. Is there's less padded practices, so I'm not sure. Don't get me started. Yeah, I know that, but you know, hey, it goes to conditioning. So yeah, I understand they need maybe a little more rest because they got to go one more week. Well, shit, one more week. That's for these guys, that shouldn't be that big of a deal. So to me, the the less practicing physical practices, yeah, it will limit maybe some injuries, but your conditioning isn't going to be as good. So some of the guys aren't going to be as ready as they should be on. I on think game it days. causes as many injuries as it, it prevents. Exactly. And, I agree. And then you know the playoff deal. Uh, you're adding one more playoff team per conference. I think it's good. It eliminates a 10 and 6 team from not making the playoffs when you had a a damn 8 and 8 or 9 and 7 team that won the division. So, you know, I I don't have a problem with it. It it does eliminate one team having a bye week instead of the first, you know, the top 2 teams getting a bye. Now only the number 1 seed gets a bye. So that's that can be a bigger advantage for the number 1, but overall I don't see much downside to it. Yeah, I mean, Jim, there's a flip side to what you were saying in regard to the 10 and 6 teams not making the playoffs. I mean, now you're opening it up to where or every 7 and 9 team could possibly Exactly. Make it. I mean, yep. you're going to have every team still eligible for a playoff spot going into week 17. Well, that's what they with, want, with though. The absolute, <laughs> oh, I know that's what they want. Now, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, how many teams are in each conference? Well, you have 16. 32 teams. There's so 16, 16 in the conference. And, right. And uh, how many now are making it? You 12. got seven. No, you, you've got seven. Seven out of the f- 16 teams are now going to be making the playoffs in each conference. That's right. close to damn near half. Yeah. Right. So half, half of the conference is going to be making the playoffs. I mean, you know... Listen, I, I understand why they're doing it. I'm still an old school guy. And I think that, you know, Jim, in regard to what you said, that yes, it, 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 I think it's going to help some of the teams that aren't as good more so than it's going to help the teams that are at 10 and 6. You find, because I haven't seen a year of late where 
that fell into place to where you had a team that was 10 and 6 not make the playoffs. You know, a lot of the times you see teams that are at 9 and 7 you know, get, getting in as a wild card over and over again. I think there's more. And I think it happened before they came up with this playoff format more than it has since. Right. Yeah. It yeah. was two or three years ago that they had, a, there was a 10 and 6 team. No, I, I understand completely. I don't want to water it down, but that's the direction everything is going. Yes. And I think this is not as bad as what it could have been. And I think that's kind of why I accept it more. Well, we all know the, the goal is money. Absolutely. More money for the players, more money for the owners. Everybody's happy. More money for the advertisers. Another playoff game. Right. So more football. In uh, in each conference, yeah, there's two more playoff games. And, you know, yeah, more airtime for the the networks to uh, cash in on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's it. You know, and that's what it's all about. You know, it's it's a revenue-driven league. Show me the money. Yep. So, I mean, look, if you like football, you're probably not bothered by the extra game. Uh, you're probably not bothered by the, you know, extra playoff team. To me, you know, I, I, I think it does water it down a little bit. You really want to see good football in the playoffs. You don't want to watch a lot of, you know, seven and nine teams make it or even, you know, eight and eight teams make it, you know. Right. It's not really what you want to see. So there's there's pros and cons to it. More football, great, but I wish it was, you know, more football at a higher level. And, you know, with the padded practices we were talking about, you know, the first quarter of the season is really preseason now. Yeah. So they don't get up to speed to where they're playing really quality football until week three or week four of the regular season. So, you know, you're, you're given a little here and uh, in, in the way of quality and on uh, both ends, you know, the beginning of the season because of the way the CBA is set up and the end of the season because you're watering down that playoff pool a little bit. And uh, what do you think of the rosters going from 53 to 55 and the practice squads? I guess they're adding a couple of spots there, too, going to uh, 12 players. I think that's fine. I I think it's a necessity with the amount of injuries due to the fact these guys aren't, you know, they're not hitting each other. You You just have so many guys from week to week getting hurt. I mean, I remember there was a point where we were losing guys this past season. It seemed like every week we were losing two or three guys. Didn't it seem that way? You know, whether it be on the offensive side or the defensive side of the football. Yeah, so. it, it always seems to be one position that, that, that gets that bug, that injury bug. Right. Yeah, it's, it's either linebacker or it's offensive line or it's cornerback. It just it always seems to be, you know – that it hits you in one position. And it's usually the position that you have the least depth at. Now, Mike, what was the practice squad at prior to this year? Ten. It was a ten. So they they upped it by two. Yeah. And they they upped the active roster by two. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I I think one of those guys has to be an offensive lineman. I think they made that stipulation in it. Yes, I I read that as well. Yes. Right. So, I mean, you know, that's fine. Um you know, some of the other things were, you know, were, were uh, technicalities and, you know, we saw it coming. I mean, the interesting thing to me is how they're going to implement the 17th game. I mean, obviously, they're going to take away one of the exhibition games Correct. and the season's going to probably start a week earlier, which is fine with me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so geared up. By the end of the summer for football, I would assume that that's what they're going to in fact do because they're not getting rid of the bye week, especially now with the um, with a seventeen game season coming into play at some point, right? No, no, and I, you know, you think their goal is somewhere along the line to get an eighteen game schedule so everything is even and they can have two bye weeks, and but obviously that can't happen for ten years, so we'll see what happens then. Yeah. You know, I, I like it. I, I have no problems with the CBA. My my only real gripe is the lack of practice. I really think that the teams uh, and the players are really, they're so concerned about getting hurt, but look how many players get hurt each year. So, you know, maybe if they were in a little better football shape, they wouldn't have all the sprains and tears and things that, that pop up on them throughout the season. I know we talked about it earlier. It just bugs me. Yeah, it it bugs. You know, we're all three of us are kind of old school guys, and and we want to see them getting more practice time out there so that they can they can execute exe- they can execute these plays how they should be executed instead of 
you see it all the time in the NFL where guys shaking their heads at one another and putting their hands up in the air. It's because they're not executing. Somebody's doing something wrong. And How many times over the last five years, Jim, have we heard X and X can't learn the offense? Yeah. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. And But, you know, if you look at it from the player's perspective, I, I kind of get it. You know, you, you want to protect them as players. They're the ones that are putting their, their bodies at risk. Uh, so I get that, and we don't want to see anybody getting hurt. But like you said, you know, if they were in game condition, I think you'd actually have less injuries rather than more that we've been seeing. But uh, it's a crapshoot. I I'd Jim, like Jim, to- if I'm paying you eighty-five million dollars, you're going to tell me you'd be afraid to get hurt. Uh, well, that was, you know, I didn't want to throw the players under the bus. These guys are making more money than all, you know, like a hundred of us fans make in a year. So I mean, I don't, I don't want to see anybody seriously hurt. Don't take me wrong, but yeah. you know, you're getting that money for a reason. You're getting it because you're damn good at what you do, and the game is tough. Yeah, and you know you're good at it, so that's why you're getting the money, and with that comes the risk of injury. They all knew what they signed up for, exactly. And the big question is: is it helping them or is it hurting them by not hitting in practice? That's the key here. I mean, I would love to see somebody do a study from the '70s to the '80s to the '90s to the 2000s to the current to the current way they're doing things and see how much of a difference there is in regard to the amount of injuries that are taking place over the course of a season. And I I guarantee you we'd all be in shock over the fact that even with all these precautions and them not hitting each other in practice, that they're having the same amount of injuries over the course of a season as they have in in any other decade. And I, I think, like you guys have already touched on, that it's hurting the players. They have to be in that type of – they have to be in football shape. You can't go out there and and not go full speed all week and then on, on Sunday go full throttle and, and expect your muscles to react in that way. It's not going to happen because I don't care how many weights you lift. It's not the same. It's just not. It's not the same as running around tackling a guy on the football field uh, twisting your body to make a catch down the sideline. And, you know, you see these guys with these injuries all the time, you know, that type of thing, because they're not in, they're in shape, but they're not in football shape. Football shape. You know, it, it's, it's that simple. So I don't think it's helping them in any way, shape or form. And again, I understand the reasoning behind it, but I would love for some university to do a study on it and to come out and say, hey, guys, you're really not helping these guys. You're actually hurting them by not yep. doing this. And, yep. um, you know, it, it opened up some eyes. So, you know, we'll see. And, you know, even even if the uh, injury, you know, stats are, are close or the same, it hurts the quality of the game. Simple as that. It mm-hmm. just hurts the quality of the game. The more you practice, the better you get at it. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. that's, that's a given right there. Yep. So... Anyway, and I'm not saying that, you know, they should do four practices a day like Shuli used to do. That's crazy. But, you know, I mean. Why is it crazy, Mike? Explain yourself because that, on that. Because that's, that's, too, that's too much for anybody, especially in South Florida. Are you kidding? Mike, we, we were a dominant football team all those years. Obviously, they didn't We were for, for a reason. Mike, I'll tell you what. If, if you go back and you ask all those guys if they, oh, I know. If they had an issue with it, they'd say. Then yes, but yes, not after. But yep. but in the end, it was worth all the work. That's yep. what they would tell you. That yes, it was difficult, but in the end, it made us a better football team than 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 most of them out there year in and year out. So you know, it's yeah, it was a different generation. Yes, can't do that anymore. It's not going to happen. No, it was a different generation. It's never and, coming back. In in some ways, a dumber generation, but in other ways, a much more masculine generation. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, Agreed. You know, it's just different times. Yep. So, all right. With that, everybody at Chunk probably hates me now, but with, with that, is, is there anything you guys want to add? Uh, go ahead, Jim. You got something? Well, I just, uh, you know, we've got this this coronavirus that's been going around, and it's affecting everybody's lives. You know, all of the sports have been suspended or canceled or put pushed back. Uh, it's affecting everybody in the world at this point. And, you know, the N- the NFL hasn't been uh, disturbed too much at this point. 
but I just want to say that, uh, you know, I wish everyone the best and everybody needs to be cautious. Uh, don't panic and, and go out and, you know, fill your cart with toilet paper like so many people are doing. But be smart, be cautious, protect yourself and your family and, uh, you know, try to do the right thing out there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's tough out there. You know, it's tough out there. People are scared. People are, are reacting maybe in a negative way in some instances. But uh, just be safe. Be as happy as you can be under the circumstances. And, uh, you know, wash your hands for 20 seconds. Do the things you got to do. Yeah, absolutely. You got you to gotta take care of yourself. I mean, I would hope that everybody does that anyway. You know, without this virus going around, I would hope that. Well, you know, George Carlin does a skit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen yeah, it. It's I great. Bet, yeah. It's absolutely great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Mike, but the logic, I mean, me and Vicky are in Costco today, and I don't want to get into it, but this woman would not even take the credit card from Vicky. She told her to, you yeah. know, just scan it on her own. Right. She's but, afraid to touch but, it. But at the same token, she's touching all our food as it's going through. I mean, it, it's, you know, every single thing that we purchased. It well, doesn't she, make a hell of yeah. a lot of sense. But uh, listen, before I forget, I want to thank Kirk for filling in the last couple of weeks. He did a great job. You know, I, wanna, I wanted to just thank him for that. Um, and, um, you know, before we go, I wanted to touch on this draft thing real quick one more time. I know we're revisiting it, but That's fine. Um, if you look at the teams that are in front of us, because we got a little bit sidetracked, I wanted to make this point earlier. You know, you would assume that Cincinnati's drafting Burroughs and, and to Jim's point, if the Redskins pass up on Chase Young, I mean, I, I think they're absolutely nuts to do that. So, you know, you would assume that they're going to stay there. They're going to draft him. So now you've got Detroit and the Giants in front of us. So th- those are the two teams that we have to be concerned with in regard to possibly moving down. Now, for us to move up two slots or to move up one slot, you know, I mean, again, you know, how much do you really want to give up to do that? And and again, I, I don't think it's worth it, you know, at that point. Let another team, you know, do that if that's in fact what they want to do. They want to just mortgage their whole draft on it. But Yeah, but um, this is a guy you want, Lou. This is a guy you feel is going to change your franchise. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I This is Dan Marino number 2. Do you do you not trade up? Or do you stay put and hope he well, comes to you? Like we said, how much is too much, you know? Uh, you know where Dan Marino was drafted, guys, and how many guys he was drafted behind? Yes, yeah, that, we, all, we yeah, all know. We yeah. all know. Okay. But the point we're trying to make is, you know, that was a lot of bullshit luck that got us to, to Dan Marino to us. But you look at this, and Mike mentioned it, how much conviction do you have? If you know the guy is it, you got to do what you got to do to go after him. You know, yep. if you're on the fence about it, no, don't don't spend resources and let the draft come to you. But if right, you, exactly right. Well, if, do you guys honestly, Jim? Not to cut you off, but do you guys honestly feel that this guy is that type of guy? In no, your personal opinions, I no, wish he was bigger. I okay. no, I don't. I I have I have issues with him, and I. I love his football talent and what he got done on the field. I don't like his injury issues, and I don't like his size overall. So, uh, yes, I have I have res- reservations about him. But well, anybody's going to have reservations about his physical stature because he is a small guy. But you know, Drew Brees is a small guy, and he's been durable. You know, aside from his shoulder injury years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, do you want to take the chance? And that's really what it comes down to. Are you going to take the chance that this guy can stay reasonably healthy? I mean, you know, we talked about all quarterbacks miss time at some point or another in their careers. So, you know, uh, uh, they all have injuries that cause them to maybe take a year off or whatever the case is. Brady had it. Marino had it. You know, it, it goes, you know, it goes in cycles. But, uh you don't want a guy who's going to be chronically hurt. And in college, it appears like he was chronically hurt. And, and obviously, that's a concern for a lot of people, and I get it. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I'm glad you guys voiced yourself. I think we're all on the same page in regard to that. What page is that? <laughs> yeah. Now, Mike. not 
You mentioned Kirk <laughs> Marks. Joking. You mentioned Kirk Marks filling in for us, and and I do I do thank him. He did a great job. But man, if, if he's getting mad listening to us down on Tua here a little bit because <laughs> yeah, because he's, so. he's already he's got he's already got guy. him on. He's already bought his jersey. So you know it's uh you know it's it's all about somebody's opinion of a particular player. And if Flores and Greer have that conviction that Tua is the guide to to take us to the Super Bowl. You know, our opinions really don't matter. It's up to those two, and and their convictions are the ones that are going to make or break us. I got a feeling they got a plan, and nobody knows what it is. That's what I think. And I agree with you, Mike. And they've already surprised us by doing what they've done in this free agency thing. And, um, you know, I guess we can't be shocked at anything they're going to do going into this draft. You know, it's that simple. I'll tell you, as long as their plan works, I'm all good with it. Exactly. All right, guys, real quick before we go. Scale yes. of 1 to 10, what do you think of the last day and a half? Jim, go ahead. I'm going to put it at about an 8.5. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, and the only reason it's not higher is because, you know, there isn't like uh, a center or an offensive tackle in there. But – well, what tackle were you going to sign once Conklin was signed? Well, it was Belaga that we could have got, and and uh, we could have got uh, you know Ted okay. Carras from the Carras. From well, he's the, a center. He's not. He's not a tackle. Well, that's why I say we got there. You know, there was a couple guys that I had my eyeballs on, and uh, neither one of them have have been signed yet. So, well, did Karras, Yeah, Carras hasn't signed anywhere, and Belaga's pretty. Think so. Isn't he? Isn't he up there in age? He's, Belaga. He's about thirty years old. Yes. You don't want him then if he's thirty. Yeah. Well, he's I'm not. We've been down that road. I didn't say to give him a five-year deal. I, you know, but you know, that's no. A, that's by a, the fourth game, will be sitting on the bench because he can't play. You know. Yeah. Well, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Mike, I'm going to give him a ten. Not to cut you guys off because we're getting long here on the show, but you know, I, I'd give it a ten only because they threw two major surprises. And listen. Even if they would have just signed the corner and Van Noy, I would have been ecstatic. But the fact that they've added so many other guys on top of that, I mean, if you guys were to tell me coming into this uh, into this um, free agent period that we were going to land both Van Noy and Jones, I would have been like, great, that's fantastic. We're filling two needs. Yep. The fact that they've added many other pieces to the puzzle even though they're second-tier guys, I think well, they, they you, you probably can, added four starters. Yeah, exact, possibly five. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so you, I give it a ten all the way. I mean, it, it's to me, you can't ask for anything more. You know, they've been aggressive, and you know, and I understand your point, Jim, where the eight and a half comes in because of some of the guy. You know, the other guys are marginal players, but you know, they've addressed a lot of needs in a in a two-day period. I mean, my goodness, how can you, you know, you can't ask for anything more. Well, look at it this way. They just signed how many people, Jim? Eight. Eight guys. And how many draft picks do they have? Fourteen. Right. So that's how many? Twenty-two, right? Uh, last I checked. All right. <laughs> how many unrestricted free agents do you think they're going to sign uh, after the draft? Oh man, you know they'll be they'll be probably a half a dozen, right? And maybe one or two of those guys uh, shine, yep, right? Yep. So now you've got ha- almost half your roster turning over. Oh yeah, it's going to be a major major turnover, no question. So they're going to get better, right? They're going to get better. The question is how much better? How much you know? better, Mike? Yep. You tell me right now with just the moves that we made. Don't don't implement any draft picks at this point. Obviously, we can't do it. But well, how, okay. how many yeah. more wins did these signings get us going? We won five last year. So with the team as it stands, how many more wins do we have next year? You would think they're going to be better at stopping the run. You would think they're going to be better at getting after the passer. And you would think that coverage on the back end is going to be better. Yes. And if all of that happens, like they obviously envision it, then you'd have to think they'd be at least two to three games better. Exactly. And that's without any draft pay. What about you, Jim? You feel the same way? Yeah, basically the same. I You put all the things Mike just said, plus you're adding a, a running back and a guard that'll help your running game. So it should be better on both sides of the ball. Right, exactly. And I feel the same way. If we had five wins last year, I think we definitely get to eight. And that's without 
throwing any draft picks into the mix at this point. So this team is going to compete next year for a wild card spot. I've said it. I, I, I felt that they, they were going in the right direction last year. And I feel that with these moves and with a good draft, just a couple of solid players that they contribute. got a tough, tough schedule. Lou. They, yeah, do, they do Mike, they but do. everything changes. I mean, look at new England. I mean, if you look at, if you looked at new England, uh, you know, at the beginning, no, I know what you're saying. Prior, I mean, they're taking yep. steps backwards. I mean, listen, I, I can't, I can't honestly sit there and tell you that we could not sweep. You know that that the possibility of sweeping them going in the next year is not there. It it is. It's right. there. It's a it possibility. Looks better than it has in years. Let's Absolutely. Right. Now, now a lot's going to happen between now and then. But you know, you, so you, Mike. So, Mike, you didn't give us your score, uh, you know, your 1 to 10 on these uh, free agent guys. I didn't, and, and I'm probably somewhere closer to you than Lewis, um, only because of the money spent. Uh, and, and it's not that I really think they, they – It's not your money, Mike. <laughs> no, it's not, and thank God it isn't because I'd be in real trouble if it yeah. was. But uh, listen, you know, I, I think they may have spent just a little bit too much, but uh, – I'm okay with the way they spent it because they spent it about as intelligently as a football team can spend it. They're taking a hit now, and it will not hurt as much later, and that's what you want to see them do if they're going to spend money. So I'm not going to take off that much for it, but it is, you know, that that contract to Jones was, I think, a bit excessive. But the way they structured it, I like it. So, you know, I'm assuming it took that to get it done, and if that's the case, then they did what they had to do. There's your conviction again. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, if if you're running a football team, you've got to have it, right? Oh you're yeah. Putting, you're putting stuff together. You're the coach. You're the GM. You, you live on your conviction, and you better be right more than you're not. Right. You got to trust in them. Yep. You that's, know, up to this point, that's all we can do, right? I like what they're doing. I'm very excited. I, you know, I I think they're on the right track. You know, uh, they're looking to get tougher. You can see that. They're looking to get more physical, and that's what you want. Mm-hmm. That's what wins games. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, how many times have we gone into Baltimore, gone into Buffalo, and got out physicaled? Bring those big guys in here. Let's let's see them push people around for a change. That would be nice to watch. Yep. So that's where I'm at. Anyway, all right. So, guys, thanks for uh, joining me this evening. Good to be back. Yep. Pleasure as good always. To, good to have you back. You too, Jim. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Stay safe out there. And uh, we'll be back next week. Fins up, guys. Fins up, everybody. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 